Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Hey, brother. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Good. Ask me what I had for dinner. What did you have for dinner? <laughs> we live in a miraculous time, and I was really wanting um, a, a veggie burger, uh, a specific veggie burger that is sold at a place called Hamburger Mary's, which is a drag queen um, themed hamburger place. Uh-huh. And um, Walker, my husband, is out of town with our only car. And this place is definitely not walking distance. There's too much snow on the road for the scooter. Um, so I ordered a single veggie burger from Hamburger Mary's on Uber Eats and watched the little Uber car as it delivered it to me, what to my a, door. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it was amazing. And it was as good without the ambiance as it is with. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Um, I had, uh, this afternoon, uh, one of the things I'm trying to do as since my wife and I both work is, is start preparing one meal a week or we're trying to share those duties already grocery shop for us. And we, we kind of divvy up household stuff, but I, a couple weeks ago, tried to make mashed potatoes and they were terrible, like really bad. How did you mess that up? I I have no idea. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I called my, my, uh, uh, a relative, my stepmom, who's mashed potatoes I love. I was like, Hey, talk me through this. Like what I mess up. And Ugh. I was like, what are your tips? And she goes, Bob Evans, get the, <gasps> get the frozen Bob Evans. You were potatoes. kidding. <laughs> Anyways, so equally mind blown. Way to see behind the curtains on that. Yeah. She's just getting the frozen mashed potatoes. Wow. Trickster. (laughs) Just like grandma made. Yeah. That's uh, the little onion headline that's like the picture of the old Italian grandmother. It's like old Italian grandmother doesn't have the heart to tell grandchildren any idiot can make lasagna. (laughs) Yes. So true. (laughs) So Sarah, we've kind of got a special episode today. Um, You and I have talked quite a bit um, actually when we were um, in town together a couple weeks ago about the holes in our shows. And like where the the content or topics that you you and I can't speak to very well, and one of those is the notion of being a part time freelancer, um, either just because that's your long term you know that's your goal, or because you're part timing until you step into a full time role. You know you're kind of paving your way there. So yeah. um, we are joined today by a good friend of mine, Bradley Chambers, who I would say, Bradley, that you are like. Uh, probably the like the king of part-time freelancing uh, in my mind. The side hustle, the side hustle king. I am all about the side hustle. Um, I will do. Uh, you know, it's funny. I should say first of all, number one, <laughs> a veggie burger is not a burger, and number two, mashed potatoes are the most <laughs> worthless food in the world. I don't know. It's like liquid carbs. Bradley's Why coming in really strong. Eat like either, either, have the, either have the carbs or don't have them. But if I'm going to have carbs, it's not in like a purified liquid form. You know, it, you know the funny thing about the um, – I just you know, was thinking about uh-huh. this. Like the whole Uber Eats thing, terrified of that. I, I'm really weird about people knowing where I live. Um, and, and like for example, like if I – I, I never like Uber from my house. Hey, I just I don't ever. I've never Ubered in Chattanooga. Um, never done it. I will certainly like Uber like in cities, like when I go places. 
But like the whole notion, like say I was going out of town and catching on a plane, that I would like have someone come to my house, pick me up with a suitcase, take me to the airport, and then just like in my mind, like immediately turn around, go back to your home, (laughs) immediately rob my house. And so just just can't do it. It's like the whole notion that I would like just have someone bring me a McDonald's. I just couldn't do it. I just I don't know. I'm also very cheap, and and I think uh, that it goes. It's a nice segue. Like so, I have this um, uh, real big fear of being poor, and I think that drives uh, why I want, why I really enjoy like freelancing while I have a, a full time job. Um, and I think for me that really that kind of really drives me day to day because, um, you know, I, you know, I guess to take a step back. So I have like a regular W2 job. I am a director of it at a independent school here in Chattanooga. And then on the side, I do all kinds of things. Uh, up until recently, I even cleaned a dental office on the weekends. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of freelancing I'm doing as well. Like I really enjoy working, but, um, you know, like I don't mind it. Like I don't mind working really, really hard. Uh, I, I it kind of gives me, I don't know, it gives me freedom. Like I've always like struggled because I don't feel like I have a like a a what's the word like a specialty. So like Sarah, you're a lawyer. Like that is a thing you do. Like if you didn't work at the law firm you're at now, you could True. just like be a lawyer elsewhere. And I, I feel like my skill sets are like very general. Like I know a lot about a lot. Like I think you could give me, like I could probably put together like a hundred fifteen minute presentations like by in the morning on just various topics, but I don't feel like I'm an expert in any of them, and, and so like freelancing on top of my normal job, I feel like gives me that like like buffer zone if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I I want to go back to like the list of things and, and, you know, Bradley, you and I live in the same town. I now understand why I've never been to your house. That's fine. Um, go, go ahead and I tell too, that address real quick. <laughs> I, it's totally on the internet. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's, yeah, I know. I'm like looking up all my coworkers on Zillow to see how much they paid for their houses. <laughs> I think the cat's out of the bag, Bradley. <laughs> but so you've got your full-time gig at, at the private school as the IT director you podcast, you uh, blog, you write for nine to five Mac, which is a, a, a pretty, uh, I mean, pretty popular tech blog. Um, you uh, clean the dental office. Uh, you uh, edit podcasts for folks, including the show. Like, I feel like the list of things that you are, are, you know, well competent in and actively doing, you know, always is, is just really impressive. Well, well, thank you. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I, I should also through. mention you're, you're a husband and father of three, and like you have a whole life outside of just work too. Yeah, and don't sleep. <laughs> clearly, never sleep. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, full time job is at nine, uh, IT director, and then on the side, I, I do write for Nine to Five Mac. So Nine to Five Mac is one of the largest Apple rumor websites uh, on the internet. If you remember seeing uh, the like new iPhone last year, like two weeks early. That was us. If you remember seeing the new Apple Watch two weeks early, that was us. I won't go into how we get stuff like that, but nevertheless, we generally do and always have. And so I write a couple articles a week there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just do lots of lots of little stuff. I mean, I do some content management for companies uh, that I'm like under NDA with. So just, you know, 
kind of just various you know social media stuff, just lots of little stuff. Uh, up until recently, I also did some uh, product management for a company in Perth, Australia, and um, they kind of transitioned away from a product, so I'm no longer doing that, which it was fun. It was kind of, I was, you know, kind of needed to cut something, and those those conference calls were fun because I was, like, taking them at 8 p.m. at night when it was 8 a.m. their time. I mean, that was the big time. It was, like, a huge time difference. Um, but, yeah, just, like, all kinds of stuff. And for me, I, I, I don't mind it. Like, I... I, I I genuinely like enjoy working and I don't know if it's that like I like to feel productive or I, it's just like survival of the fittest, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The, you you struck a chord with me on the cleaning the office thing. Um, and, and Sarah will be familiar with this. Uh, our, our family has a construction company in Knoxville and, and we both, uh, have shared stints of cleaning the office as like a side gig. And, uh, even after I finished, uh, you know, my college degree, my master's, <laughs> moved back to Knoxville, was working at the company still nights and weekends would go clean the office. And that was just like, uh, has been a mainstay, mainstay since like before I could drive. Um, and I was just, uh, I, I've always looked at it as like this character building kind of thing that I did. Um, cause it's not glamorous work. Uh, no one knows you really do it. Uh, no one cares unless you mess up, you know, do you want to know two things I did when I did it that are terrible? Um, (laughs) I, I changed the hold music. It was connected to some boom box in the back to the gangster rap channel. Uh huh. I think they call those stations, but yes, just whatever. It was a long time ago, back when there were channels (laughs) or stations on radios. Yeah. Like I literally, and that lasted for months before anyone would notice. And I collected from the shredder bin. I, I like collected bags and bags of shredded paper and then played pranks on people in high school by filling up their entire cars with them. (laughs) That's uh, those are both solid. Yeah. I was not a really profoundly professional as a high schooler, I guess. Well, it's funny that like you bring that up, like cleaning offices and especially now that I am like a quote unquote knowledge worker, as you would say, I, I don't mind it in a way because at least it's something different. I mean, and it's like, you know, I'll throw in my AirPods, throw in an audiobook, and just go to town. And and so it's almost like a mental it's almost like a mental stress relief uh for me. And honestly it's humbling. Like you kinda can't ever get the big head when you know like on the weekends you're gonna be scrubbing toilets that are not <laughs> yours. Yeah. I always feel the same way about mowing. Like just put put the headphones on, just uh, be able to mentally d- spend some time to not stare at screens, you know, to do something that isn't uh, isn't screen heavy. Um, so okay, uh, you mentioned kind of your drive into this, uh, and we use this as a segue. Was, was kind of maybe an overwhelming fear of of, of running out of money. Um, is is that how you got started taking these extra jobs? Was just uh, saw an opportunity and went for it. Yeah, sort of. I, I mean, most of the things I do, I've never really sought out. Like they'll just, you know, you know, friend of a friend. I mean, it's every job I've ever gotten in life, either like a freelance gig or even a full time job, has it, never been because it's like something I applied for. It was like always like a networking thing. It's life's about way more about who you know than what you know. And and so yeah, it's just like you know, picked up one, picked up, picked up one, picked up one. And I, I mean, I do. I mean, I, I work really hard. Like I get up at five a.m. every day and work for two hours before I go into the office to do my day job. And I'll usually put in another couple hours at night after my kids go to bed. So any given day, like I may put in four extra hours on top of like my you know day job. 
And so I mean, it's hard some days. Um, I mean, there are times like if it's busy for if I'm working on a big project for one of my freelance gigs, like you're just you're just like mentally zapped. And but um, those those kind of things come and come and go. And and one of the things I really love is I love like reoccurring freelance gigs. Uh, I'm not like a huge fan of like things. It's like, okay, we're going to get you to do something like this month. And then like three months from now, we may get you to do something else. Those, I mean, I'll do them. They're not as fun because I can't, then you kind of can't count on the income, but then they also may want you when it's like an inconvenient time for you. And, and so I would much rather take like less money, like say, Hey, you know, you've been paying us like, you know, pay me an average of this. Why don't we just like set up like a monthly retainer of X and maybe even take a little less but just so you could sort of like have it guaranteed. I'm all about the reoccurring, uh, reoccurring freelance. Yeah. We've, we've talked a lot about that on this show, the difference between Sarah's business and my business and mine includes a lot more, uh, reoccurring and, and the challenges it it presents some unique challenges, but the ones that, um, it removes are, are notable as well. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, we just really started doing this by accident. Uh, you know, we've got three kids, and so it's one of those things where we've got that many kids, like, it, it just wasn't, it's like not economically feasible, uh, at the, like, when they're all young to put them all in daycare. Like, at that point, you're just, like, you're literally working to pay for daycare plus some for three kids. And so, you know, I, I started kind of doing all this just so, like, my wife could stay at home. Uh, and, and you know, while we had you know small kids, and I just kind of even though we, a couple of our kids are in school now, um, I just kind of have kept it up, and I really like it. It's like it's a good you know it's a good networking thing. It's just a good way to broaden my skill set. Like there have been a lot of things I've learned. Um, um, say, like good example is like some a lot of SEO stuff that I learned at a freelance gig. Like I've actually now taken that skill and brought it back to my day job, and I've been able to improve some things. And I probably wouldn't have ever taken the time to learn that. Because uh, it kind of was like outside of my, you know, day-to-day responsibilities, but I picked it up for a, a freelance thing, and so it's kind of like best of both mm-hmm. worlds. Getting paid to learn. Exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, so yeah, just I'm always like I'm always about the side hustle. I mean, and even stuff. I mean, bring up lawn mowing. Like I actually I've been have outsourced the lawn mowing, but it's one of those things where, like the two hours that takes me a week in the summer, like I know I can make that on Saturday morning. I can do you know, and you know, 30 minutes or an hour's worth of freelance work and make what it takes me to pay the guy. And that's like kind of one less thing I have to, to deal with that. If that yeah. makes sense. No, it sure does. So, I mean, to accomplish all of this outside of, of, of probably a, a, a wife that does a, a tremendous amount of heavy lifting to make it all possible. What are some of the, the tips and tricks you've learned and, and doing this for, I mean, I've known you for probably what about five years and, and it feels like this has been going on, uh, that whole time. Um, you know, what, what lessons, uh, have you learned or, you know, tips and tricks have you learned along the way to make it, make it more doable? The biggest thing is you've got to be extremely, extremely organized. And like, I can tell you, like literally what I'm doing tomorrow, what I'm doing Tuesday, what I'm doing Wednesday. Like I have every day kind of mapped out day job wise and freelance wise. And so like, I'm just, I'm just hyper organized. I follow like the, the getting things done methodology from David Allen. So it's a really good book if you've not read it. And I use an app called Todoist that I just kind of structure everything else out. And kind of the whole premise is everything gets dumped in an inbox and then you kind of, and you process it and assign it a, a project and a, and a due date and a start date. 
and so like, you know, let's say for example, I get a job, an email from my boss tonight, like my full-time job boss. And like he sends an email and says, Hey, I want you to do this at some point this week. Well, I'll just forward that to Todoist. And then when I get in the office in the morning, I'll kind of what they call process it. I'll look at my week, figure out when I want to do it, kind of schedule it. And then same thing for anything that comes in freelance-wise. Let's say I get something at like 7.30 tomorrow morning that's like going to take me a couple hours. Well, obviously, I can't do that then because I'm going to my day job. Well, I may just throw that in my inbox and then I'll like that later that night, I'll come in and kind of you know process it, figure out when I can do it, figure out what I need to do it. And it, you know, it's, it's all about like not using your brain to remember things. It's using your brain to work. And then having a system that you trust on the back end. I mean, everything I do goes into Doist. Like, I mean, down to like changing air filters, and I list in the task what my air filter sizes are in case like I'm at Ace Hardware and I forget. I mean, I'm that hyper organized where I don't trust my brain to remember a single thing. Are Are you pretty diligent about keeping boundaries between your your day job and your freelance job? Um, Oh yeah. I mean, I've just, you just got to, I mean, like I, I, you know, it's, if like I get, I mean, I kind of keep my emails separated. And so like, I may even, I, I might even like on my lunch break, look at it and just forward stuff to Todoist. And then, I mean, I'll just, I'll process it, process it later that night. And I kind of look at it as like, I, you know, none of these jobs I'm paid to be on call for really. And so it's like, you know, you can't, I mean, even at a day job, it's like, you don't like, if you send someone an email, you don't expect them to do it right then. So, and, and, and people I work with, they know that and know like, it, you know, when they're emailing me, it's like, Hey, this week sometime, can you take care of this? Or like within the next month, take care of this. And a lot of them, it's like reoccurring. It's kind of like set work that comes up every week. And so like, they know when I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to do it. You know, let's say it's like, you know, scheduling a couple social media posts for somebody. Well, I mean, you could do that whenever. And so I'll just, and I work really best in the morning uh, I don't see how you guys record this podcast at night. I really need coffee at this point. I, of course, Sarah, you're on a different time zone. Like that must be nice because it's what what time zone are you on? Um, it's seven thirty here, so I, it's a mountain. Yeah, like two hour I, difference. That I feel I feel like being on the East Coast is awesome and terrible at the same time because like we're up. Like, see, I get when I get up at five. Like, it's really just nine over in the UK. So, like, yeah. I feel like I've got like a good handle on like what's happening. But like if you lived in the mountain time zone or on Pacific, I mean, all kinds of crap could be going on when you're waking up. And yeah. but like on the flip side, like if I have to travel out west, I really get screwed coming home. Yeah. I travel home a lot and I get screwed because everybody's trying to get everything done about seven o'clock when we're trying to have dinner and have nice time with family on vacations and stuff. Yeah, when she's on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's true. That's like a, I don't know, time zones really just kind of stink. And, but when like, I don't know, like when there's like the college football, I mean, my life just revolves around football, but like, you know, the game comes on at 830 here. That's like 630 Sarah's time. That must be really nice. Like you get to go to bed at a normal time that night where I'm staying. Yeah, Monday night football. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a big consideration nice. for me. So. Nice, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like central would be doable. Like it's more of like yeah, in the middle manageable. Uh, I watched a documentary a couple of months ago, um, of, uh, Percy Jones, uh, the musician. And he was talking about how he got so much, he lived in LA and he got so much done in the evenings. Cause he said, by the time it's the evening in LA, the whole world's asleep. 
you know, like anyone else that would be yeah. needing to reach out to him that they were asleep too. So that was like the quiet time, which, uh, I found kind of a, a bizarre thing, but, um, yeah, that, that wild. Um, have you ever like, this gonna sound dumb, but like, have you ever got an email and you have a question, but like, and you think you can figure out the question on your own, but you ask the you ask a question on the email just so you can like kick it back to them. Like if it's like Friday at like three thirty, you're like, I don't want to think about this this weekend. I want to kick it back to you, and you can send it back to me on Monday. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's that's hashtag workflow. <laughs> so like, I don't have any. I don't. Like I, mm. I am really big on like inbox zero. I don't even use any special apps. I just use like the app on my computer, like the the mail app on the computer from Apple. And but I'm just like really big on like if I can't deal with it right away. It goes into Todoist, and then I just I work I kind of work from there, uh, but like I really don't like having like a bunch of emails in my inbox. But then I also like I, I don't know like I've been thinking about email a lot lately, and like yeah, I think we're all at the age where like we remember work like kind of pre smartphones, and like I, I just like I remember like my first full time job like. I, I think I even had like a, a trio phone, but it wasn't like the same. Like I would come home on the weekends. They would just like stay in my car till Monday. I mean, can you imagine doing that now? Like you, you'd come back to your phone and there would be like 300 emails. I know that's um, my friend's nanny did that on Friday and it's blowing our minds. She last Friday left her cell phone at their house and then on email said, oh, it's OK. I probably won't need it till next week anyways. <laughs> and we've both been like, good God, woman, like, well, what is she like, doing? I remember when I got married in 07 and we went to Mexico and I just like left my phone like in America. And I think my wife took hers <laughs> and like, we, she turned it on like once. I mean, and obviously we didn't have kids then. So like it's different. But like we went to Belize last year and like I had cell service like the whole time. And like I love that, but also totally hate that at the same time. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about, like, this email thing. I I don't know. Do you think that that level of connectivity uh, contributes to how much you're able to side hustle? Probably. Uh, probably because it's like I can email somebody at 9 o'clock at night and they might respond. Yeah. And, and so, like, I, 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 I see the benefits of, like, this instant communication, like, you know, how much work we can kind of hammer out. But then it's, like, also I kind of hate, like, if I, like, don't check my – uh, phone during lunch, like I come back for like 30 emails. But yeah. I, the thing is like most of them, like I don't have to deal with, but like I just get CC'd on so much stuff. And then, and that's my problem with even things like Slack. Sometimes like I really like Slack, but like, it's just another thing to check. Like it's another thing that's going to like, you have work to do with it. And so like I've got Slack, iMessage and email and I've got these like, like inboxes that are just like pulling my brain all the time. And this is like not even freelance work. This is just like my day job. And I, I don't know, like I, I sometimes like, I think like, am I getting more work done or am I like just emailing more? Just doing more things. <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about that a bit lately because I kind of got, um, I set up some Slack shared Slack channels with, uh, with each of my clients and like kind of got this, like all my communication stuff, like super lined out where I felt like I was going to be able to efficiently deliver like next level you know, uh, customer service to my clients. And I, like that is like over a short period of time started morphing to like, yeah, like I'll jump in and fix this critical thing on the weekend. No problem to like, now I'm getting like just kind of 
silly requests like on the weekends. <laughs> like I had a client just be like, Hey, are you around? Can we can I can I call you for a second? We can talk about some things. And I'm like, No, 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 no. Like, no, I like that's a great Monday through Friday thing. Like, you know, I'm not um I've I've gotten to where I'm like keeping uh slack closed on the weekends and like I, I use a email app where I can schedule emails for Monday morning. So like if I'm working over the weekend, I'm trying to like kind of undo that thing I've created by, by trying to set some boundaries on the weekend too. So, so I just don't have to worry about it. So it's not an expectation for me. Well, in those situations, like if I was you, I would totally not have those Slack accounts logged in on your phone. Like that would be like a Mac only thing. Um, but then like I totally, so I'll have to send you the links. You can put it in the show notes, um, which I will, or I could just do it when I'm actually editing the show. Um, there is, a, I did an article a few weeks ago, like about rethinking iMessage notifications, and like, and one of the things like I wish Slack had. So for for the listeners that don't use Slack, so like Slack has this like concept of like you're like online or not, and so like there's this little like green bubble, like if you're actively using the app. So either like you're on the mobile app or if you're on desktop. So if it's like clear, that means like you're not online. But if I send someone a direct message, like it's literally going to ding their phone, assuming they have it installed. And then, but people can go into like sleep mode or like you, it doesn't send send them a notification unless you like then force it. It's like an emergency sort of thing. And what I wish Slack would do is like, let me not send them the notification, even if they're not in like sleep mode where it's like something like I don't want them to see this until they're on like mobile or they're on desktop the next time. Cause like, it's not important. Please don't buzz their phone. Cause like I'm real big on like, I don't want to put people in like work mode just because I'm working at a certain time. And so like, I don't really like I message people stuff like work stuff, like certainly off hours because I don't want to like put them back in that mode. And so the, the whole premise of the article is like, we've turned iMessage into this like, productivity service like you know a chat service but with still like notifications like it's a text message and like the 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 hiding alerts on like the iphone like i just does not work for me i don't know what it is like the group messages like i could i still get i don't know i just they buzz all the time and so like i come back to my phone sometimes and i have like 45 messages and it's like half of them are like you know random gifts and it's like i don't need any of these and so, like, I realize, like, there's got to be, like, a better way. Like, Apple's got to do something better about, like, kind of controlling what I see with that. Like, if 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 I've let a chat get to, like, 30 unread messages, clearly I don't care. Just, like, stop telling me after, like, three. Just autom- automatically unsubscribe me at this point. Or just, like, totally, again, fix the notifications. Like, if I hit the, the snooze thing, I, I don't even want to see them. Don't vibrate it. Don't show me the badges. Like, I don't even care about any of these. But I think that's like a a problem is like we don't have the best – it's like a, these notifications are like an all or none where it's like I get all the notifications or none. And so I think what I'm going to do is to tell people like uh, – I did today. It was great. Like on the weekends, I'm just going to put my phone into do not disturb mode like all the time but let all calls through. And so tell people like if you need me, you just need to call me because I'm not going to see it otherwise. Or like I may not see it for hours on end, and like just trying to kind of reclaim that like brain power of like of the phone. Like I, I love the phone, but like I don't like the ability for anybody to send it, like make this thing in my pocket vibrate at any given time. So like we need better tools for that. Like does that make sense? Yeah, to me it almost I would imagine a call all of a sudden creates a barrier in the mind of the sender 
of like, how important is this where they can get away with sending you some messages and not feel like it's that big a deal, which probably gets abused in, in some way. Well, right. But say the, the thing is like the messages still, I mean, like if they, they still put you back into work mode and if it's like a true emergency, like my thing is like, if it's like off hours, shoot me an email sort of thing. Like, you know, so I don't know. Like, I think there, I think Apple could do some work there. Like, there, I, I think there needs to be like a way to mark a message as unread or star this at the top. So, like, if it is something um, that I do need to deal with, if, I, if I'm back at my computer, uh, and one of the things I do too, like, if it's on the weekend and it's like someone texts me, like, "Hey, can you do this?" I'll, I'll just say, "Like, could, would you mind to email me?" Because I will a thousand percent forget this on Monday, and. Like if they don't and I forget, like I feel like that's their problem at that point because I asked them to email me. Um, so yeah, but like that's I think there's like there's opportunity there for Apple to kind of rethink how these alerts come in because it is like an all or none type thing. Um, and I'd also love the ability to like set certain people as like VIP on iMessage and like hey, like if my boss or my wife texts me, always vibrate. But for everybody else, yeah, I don't even care. I would agree with that. I've I've got an agency client that. Like notoriously, iMessage is like each they do it internally, like it's just part of their culture. But as as one of uh, you know one of their vendors, like they'll be sending me stuff like to dos, client information, like things I would love to be able to search later and find things that like I need to turn into some sort of you know task and and the to do uh, app that I use, and like I just find iMessage a really like uh, in, inefficient way of getting that information because because it is always high priority, urgent kind of notification wise. But then like the content of what I, what's being asked is usually like could easily be, you know, uh, it certainly isn't high priority, right? Like it's something that, that I just need to deal with at a, in a timely way, but not like stop everything you're doing and respond to this right now. Um, I'll send them emails like trying to, you know, like they'll send me something and I'll respond via email. <laughs> just try to set that tone and then they'll respond to my email via iMessage. <laughs> and we have this like circle and I've, I've got to figure out a way to, to make that stop because it's chaotic. People well, do that. People ahead, do that Sarah. to me all the time. And my phone number is a, it's a ring central number. So it's like a, like it's an office phone number specific that I have on an app on my phone. So it actually can receive text messages, but it doesn't notify me of them at all. And it kind of blows my mind that people just look at my business card or my stodgy lawyer signature on my email and are like, you know what? I'll text her. (laughs) You know, like who's texting their lawyers? But they do it all the time. And then I have to log into like the Ring Central account periodically and see if there are any messages and then find the ones that are there. It's a real hassle. Well, and depending on what industry you're in, like there's some legalities around that where like, you know, like, let's say like you're, you're like, I know our, our email at work, like it's archived for 10 years. And so like, if you're in a business where it's like, you might have to like produce that later, you may not be able to produce that iMessage later or that text message later. Or like, you know, an email system, like your IT department will be, could be able to like to pull that from the archives, et cetera, et cetera. And like my issue with iMessage is it's like, iMessage is like a very great way to send a thing really quickly. It's really hard to receive things that are actionable because they easily can be forgotten, especially if it's in like a group chat sort of thing. Like if you, like if you don't catch that in time, like it may be like way on up and then you've got to like find it. And like where if an email, it's like easier to kind of keep it, you know, kind of funnel that into your system. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that 100%. 
So, so Bradley, in all the time that you've been doing this, what are some lessons you've learned that uh, our listeners can benefit from as far as, you know, maybe folks that are wearing the hat of, I, I want to go out on my own, but I don't want to leave the, the comfort of my full-time job. Like, how do I kind of pull the boat up closer to the dock before I step out? Or for folks that just want to, you know, make make an extra, you know, little extra scratch on, on nights and weekends. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'm in, totally in that boat. Like, I have no desire to be a full-time freelancer. I love my health insurance. I love my retirement matching. And I am totally scared to do do that full-time. Like, I just don't have the stomach for it. Uh, but I am, like, I, one of my, uh, Rob, one of our mutual friends uh, did that for a little while. And, like, he loved it. And I think he hated it at the same time. And I just, like, and I think, but that that's where, like, it's something like this is perfect for me. Because, like, I don't have the stomach for it. Like, and I also don't feel like I, I I guess I don't have enough work right now to even consider that. And nor the, but I think the key thing is, and this is going to sound maybe wrong, but you've got to be at a place where you'd rather make money than what's like Parks and Rec runs on Netflix. Um, like Elon Musk, like had a tweet in his Twitter is so bad sometimes where he was like, you're never going to change the world if you're, unless you're working 80 hours a week. And like, well, that's, not true. And like I, so much of that is like wrong because like somebody like him, that's like a billionaire or whatever, like he doesn't, his time is different than like ours where like he literally is so rich. He either can work or be doing exactly what he wants to do. Like Elon Musk is like not putting groceries away. You know what I'm saying? So like he can maybe work that and still have a life outside of that. We're like, you and I can't do that because like I have to work and like, you know, I have like household responsibilities and like, you know, things like that. But like, you know, there are plenty of nights where like I will like put my kids to bed and I will work until I go to bed. And I don't mind that. Like I don't want to do that every night, but like you've got to be at a place where like you're willing to like, like you're not going to be able to like to watch Netflix, you know, play video games and do all that stuff and freelance on top of that. Like you've got to make decisions about like, what do you want to do with your spare time? Like if you want to make some extra money, like that's awesome. The opportunities are out there, but you've got to be willing to sacrifice those other, other kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those hard things that you always, uh, you know, when, when I have conversations with people and they're like, Oh, I'd, I'd like to go freelance, but you know, like I'm just scared about like totally quitting my job. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Don't totally quit your job. Like, you know, work yourself out of a job, like start taking side gigs until you don't have time for your job anymore kind of thing. And they're like, well, I, would, I wouldn't have time to do that. And I'm like, well, I, you know, uh, plenty of people do. And in certain situations you don't, maybe certain seasons of life, if, if you've got small kids or you've got like, uh, extenuating circumstances, it's different, you know, more difficult, but, uh, it always, it always just felt like there's a little bit more margin there than, than people want to admit to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I thought I was busy in college and then I thought I was busy like at my first full-time job when I was like working 40 hours a week. Like I, I remember thinking getting off work at five, like, Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I have no free time. I'm not busy. And then like I had a full-time job. I had three kids and it's freelancing. And like, I feel like I know what busy is, but honestly, like I, I'm fine. Like I, what, I, what, what has happened as I've gotten older. And I think this is just natural. Like I've pared down my hobbies. Like when I was in college, I loved to play video games. I played way too many video games in college. I am really good at Madden football still. Like my eight year old has it on the PlayStation. I can still do that. Like I can still, I can still you know roll with him in Madden, but like, that's a hobby. I just gave up. 
Um, you know, they're like, I, you know, before I freelance, before we had kids, I watched probably like three TV shows a night. Now I might watch three TV shows a week. And, and so like I've pared down my hobbies in order to make time and to give myself margin to do these like side gigs at night. And it's, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I, I want to like, I, I, if you say like, I don't have a side gig. Well, like, what if you've got an idea for a book or like an online course you want to create? Like, when are you going to have the time to do that? People say, I don't have the time to do that. It's like, no, you don't make time to do that. You've not had the thing that you wanted to do bad enough that you're willing to give up all the other stuff. I'll, I'll ask your input on this. Um, I often wrestle as, as also with a father, this notion that I carry this device around in my pocket all the time that I can work from. And I certainly can't do everything for my phone, but there is this, uh, you know, I can do some things for my phone and I struggle with where the line is between like something's happening in the real world in front of me. And if it's, interesting, engaging. Great. I'm there. I'm like living in the moment. And if it's not like I find myself with my phone in my hand, finding something that is interesting, engaging really quickly. And, and I think that often comes at the expense of my family because, you know, like it or not, they're not always super interesting and engaging. And, and so I've, I've struggled to find kind of that line of being available, being present with, um, with getting stuff done, you know, and taking advantage of the fact that I can work from my phone while at a traffic light <laughs> sometimes, you know, um, ha, ha, do you put any, you know, boundaries on that or, or, um, any rules in place for how you approach that in a world where I would imagine your hours at home are, are competing for time between freelancing time and, and family time? Oh, absolutely. Now the thing, so like I think I think this is like a huge problem, and then I also think it's not. So when I was growing up, and like I would I don't know like after we eat dinner, you know what my dad would do? He would sit at the table and read the paper. And it's not like when I like you know it, I think some of us think like that we should be playing with our kids like twenty four seven, and like I love my kids, but they need to learn how to play play by themselves. And I even someone even joked with me like I don't remember like my parents playing with me as much as my kids want me to play with them and like I hundred percent think that's true, but on the flip side, like we as a society, I don't think it's as much to do with like kids. I think it's like we don't like to be bored, and and so, and I think that's a problem because a lot of good ideas I've had have been with when I'm bored. Why do you think people have good ideas in the shower? Because they're bored, like they're not doing anything else. <laughs> and so I try to create these times when like I purposely like don't like, you know, can't be distracted. A good example is like I uh I am a like diehard uh Georgia football fan. Oh, I got a joke for you, Rob. Uh Sarah, I got I got a good joke for you. Uh Sarah, <laughs> do, are you a Tennessee fan like uh Rob? Sure. Okay. I mean you're not from this you're not from the South anymore, so like it doesn't mean as much to you, I guess. <laughs> What does uh, Clemson and the moon have in common? I don't know. They control the tide. Uh, That's a pretty good one. Uh, but like, <laughs> so when Georgia was playing Alabama in the SEC championship, my wife was out of town. I had my three kids, and we were going to Chuck E. Cheese. I did, yes, I took three of my kids, or all three of my kids to Chuck E. Cheese by myself. Uh, I did make it back alive. I think I'm missing a kid. 
Um, but like, I, I didn't want to know about the game because the game was stressing me out. And uh, even when Georgia was like up big time, I never knew it. Like my phone was in do not disturb the entire time. And it was great. And I liked it. And so I think the key is, is to create, like, is to be intentional at certain times and then like it not intentional at other times. So like if your daughter is at like ballet practice, be intentional to watch her there the entire time, even if it's interesting or not. But like other times, like it's okay to like check in and say like, is there, is there, is something blown up? Do I, you know, do I need to deal with something? Like for a moment. And what I've tried to do since like last October is to read more, like be more intentional about reading and like making sure that my kids know that I'm reading. Because what I realized is like, I'm always, I was like kind of barking at my eight year old, like you should read more and not like want to watch TV. It's like, but then I wouldn't model that for, for him. And, and so I, my wife and I, gosh, all my stories revolve around football actually, but like my wife and I were going um, to Atlanta for our anniversary last October. We spent the day shopping and Georgia was playing LSU and like I thought they were going to lose. And I told my wife, I said, I don't want to know about this game because it's just going to ruin my day. Again, I have a problem. And so like I just didn't take my phone with me anywhere that day. Like it stayed in the room and I just avoided the, the, the game and like she had her phone in case there was an emergency with the kids. And like I realized how nice it was to be away from my phone for twelve hours at a time, and so like I bought like when I got back like I bought a Kindle like a, not you know not not the Kindle app but like the Kindle and my kids even asked is like does that have games on it? And I'm like no no it's just it's just a book, and I've just spent way more time reading. I've read I think nineteen books this year alone, like in 2019. Like I've read an, a crap ton of books, and it's from kind of reclaiming that time. When I'm a little bored and like there's nothing around, but I just like, do, do I need to like check my email for like the thirtieth time today? No, like I'm kind of getting zoned into a book, and I feel like mentally, like that's actually helped me kind of like detach and decompress and like actually do better at my job. Yeah, that makes sense. I I went through a season. I think I alluded to this in a previous show where. I've like rethought what apps are on my phone, like to the extent that I'm getting rid of like, you know, the candy crushes and like the, the just complete mind wasters and putting things on the home screen that promote, uh, like deep learning, you know, not just like 140 characters at a time, but like, uh, you know, long form articles, audiobooks, that sort of thing where it's a little bit more, um, you know, it's deeper. It's a little less noisy, you know, a little more thoughtful. Yeah, and like I, I don't have any social media apps on my phone. I don't have an Instagram account. I don't have Facebook. Well, I say I, I have a Facebook account, but it's like a burner account that I only have to manage a couple of pages. Uh, there's no, like, I don't have a picture. I don't have anything. Like, there's no personally identifying information. Scarily, it recommends friends or people that are real. And I don't know how it does that, but it's kind of terrifying. I love um, how Ron Swanson you're you are about not wanting anyone to know where oh, you no, live, oh, staying no, off the grid. And I, now I, I, all I, I care about is knowing where you live. <laughs> well, that's it. Like I'm so like I am that way because I honestly think like I think all the social media is like good, but I feel like we as as a society have like misused it. Like, do you guys watch The Good Place? Have y'all seen that TV yeah. show? Yeah. You remember when like Ted Danson says like basically kind of alludes to like frozen yogurt is just like a worse ice cream that we can eat more of. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's like what social media is. It's like worse relationships that we can do more of. 
instead of having like, you know, five friends, we've got 500 that we know nothing about. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, but like, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of, you know, going back, like it, to me, it's just about creating times where I can like be detached from technology for long periods and then like kind of recognizing like the things with my family that I, I do need to be intentional about. Like if it's like my son's soccer game, I don't care what's going on in the work world. If I got lose a job because I'm not available like for an hour on Saturday morning, like that's not realistic. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an oncologist. Like, you know, that doesn't, you know, I can, I can detach for an hour. And then like, there's just been a lot of times, like, I just like leave my phone at home for like long periods of time. Like if, if my, if I know my kids are like, let's say, you know, my wife has her phone. If we're out on a date, like I'll just like literally leave my, leave my phone at home. Like we will be out to dinner and I just like don't have a phone and it's kind of nice. Sarah and I have talked a little bit about the notion of maybe checking phones at the door since we both have Apple watches and just like manage kind of that tiered approach to notifications and say like, okay, anything important will vibrate my wrist. And then I don't have the temptation of everything else that's on my phone. And I can just kind of, you know, be at home, be, be peaceful and know that if something important happens, I'll I'll still know about it. Um, I, I haven't been as bold as to do that yet. But it's it's an interesting concept. Well, and I, I don't have an Apple Watch, which is weird because I'm like the tech guy. But it all, to me, it goes back to like this problem with like notifications is it's like all or none with like text messages. And and I might be more interested if I had some more like control over that. But right now, yes, it's a, it's a device that helps you like, yes, stare at your screen, stare at a phone less. But then you've literally given people access to vibrate your wrist. And if you say, well, I'll just shut the notifications off. It's like, okay, well, then, like, what's the point of the watch? Yeah. I, I protect my phone number about, like, you protect your home address. <laughs> so so I try to keep, uh, keep a tight rein on who could text me. Um, but it's still, um, yeah, that, that is still very much true. And something I'd love to see more control over, you know, like like my – uh, VIP contacts, like a setting that allows notifications to my wrist for those versus anybody. Um, so like long-term goals, Bradley, what, what are you working towards on the freelance side? Like what, um, how are you progressing or, or viewing where you're, where you're at? You mentioned no, no desire to leave the nine to five. Um, so what's the future of freelancing look like for you? Well, we got one final tip before I move on to that. The last thing is if you do any sort of freelancing, hire an accountant. It's money well spent. They know how to like, you know, code things the right way. It's just like money well spent. So if you, if you get more than just like a single W-2 at the end of the year, if you get a couple of 1099s, hire an accountant. It's my Great advice. main tip for the day. Um, uh, long-term goals is creating mailbox money. Do you guys know no. what mailbox money is? I've, I've heard people that I don't, think of in an admirable way talk about it like a like a late night tv commercial but i i suspect you have a different approach to it and so when i say like creating mailbox money i want money that comes in without me having to do things right so passive income type of thing that's a much better term for that is passive income yeah that's a better term it's a way better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, because right now, like everything I do, like I have to work for it. Yeah. Um, gosh, that sounds like I'm lazy. But like, no, I would, no, that's, yeah, I mean, you you're, got, you're, you've only got so many hours. It's a finite resource. Right. So. And, and so, and, and so I don't know like how I do that long term, uh, but that's kind of like the long term goal is like where, 
you could say like go on vacation for a week and like not take a computer and then like still make like your freelance money like you do maybe your full-time job when you have like paid time off. I mean, there's no paid time off when you're a freelancer. Yeah. So so like building a product or some sort of asset, something that that's a little bit bigger than the the hour uh, requirement to to build it. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I've always like, I've, I've always had like various like little book ideas in my brain. Like even like I have a fiction book, like I'm kind of like outlining, I'll probably never write it, but like, I just, there's like always like, what if I could write something really cool that like would just blow up? That would be awesome. And I don't know, like I would totally, if I got really rich, like really young, I would totally retire and just chill <laughs> forever. And I think it would be yeah. great. <laughs> I, I've, I too have some ideas for some products for like a, some online classes that I'd love to do. And I've struggled with finding the balance of making time for those when I have more work than more, more today paying work than I can get to, you know? And it, it seems silly. Like it, it's such a hard tension because I don't want to say no to money, but like, I'd also love to invest some time and energy into something that isn't a, the one-to-one hour to dollar ratio that that most freelance work is yeah i mean one of like the one of the freelance jobs that have they have like an online course that is like a 500 hundred dollar course and like so when i get the emails like about a sale i don't have to do anything it's just all automatic but like that's that'd be nice like that was my money like imagine if you had like (laughs) an online course that like you'd already paid for the like let's say you had to film it and had to pay some expenses let's say all those were paid let's say you sold like two of those a week I mean, that's like, oh, that, that'd be nice. Like, you, yeah. you know, you really, then you're getting to where, like, you could say, what if I did like five of those? And then you're like making the money and you're literally not even having to work. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, and certainly like the opposite of what you think of when you think of freelancing, but but certainly requires so much of the same skill set and discipline and that sort of thing. I mean, I've, uh, I've thought a lot about doctors, attorneys, accountants, people with with kind of these high tier professional jobs are still many of which are still just kind of, I mean, uh, it's kind of a glorified form of billing by the hour, right? Like, um, yeah, you know, there's only so much time in the day and they're just pumping through whatever they can as efficiently as they can. And, um, then you see some people that, that are working a lot less time, but still doing really well because they've structured something or built something bigger than than themselves. And that's, uh, super interesting. Sarah, do you think like, I mean, it's like the billable hour approach. Do you think that lawyers will ever move away from that and like move into more like project based billing? Here's what I think. I think all of the document production will be done by uh, autonomous robots <laughs> in the future. And the only thing lawyers will have to offer is advising um, on an hourly basis, probably. Thanks for asking. No, I, I, you know, I'm always like curious about like, how. Because like, like that's the only thing you can't um, automate that I do. I mean, really, it, it, drafting is is binary. You know, are there multiple parties? Yes or no. And then you know, binary question, binary question, all the way down. It'd be really easy to come up with a computer program that drafted documents as good or better, and people already have. And then lawyers. So the only thing that we offer is that like trusted advisor. Um, talk to people and, you know, counsel them role. It, it reminds me of like, um, you guys watch the office, I guess. Have you guys ever seen that yeah. show? Um, yeah. there's this episode where like 
Brian brings Michael to his big business school and like they kind of, you know, saying this is a paper company school in a business, et cetera, et cetera. And Ryan thinks he's going to get fired at the end of it. And Michael says, you know, a great manager hires people, doesn't fire people. And like, I think, you know, I think that's true. And I think that's something like I've learned as I've gotten older is like, no matter what business you're in, like it's the people skills that set the you know, people apart. Like Rob in your business, like there are people who probably can like, you know, will say they can do just as good of a job for cheaper. Like, you know, like they probably can't, they're, they're cutting corners, but like what makes you great is your people skills. And then like Sarah, and then like your job, the reason people might would hire you again is probably largely because of your people skills. And so that's like the greatest skill you can see. People can learn is just like how to be a people mm-hmm. person. Yeah. We talked about the emotional labor a couple episodes ago and that's, it's, it's that margin. It's that little extra that you put in so that people feel like you're having a, a human, you know, a contact point versus, you know, widgets down the assembly line. Yeah. I try to, I mean, with that episode and, and keeping that in mind, I mean, I think it's smart no matter what anybody's doing right now, you think what can a robot do and try to really build a, a life doing the non-robot <laughs> tasks <laughs> because, you know, we're going to, what is it? They said that this year in the developed world, over half of the people who are born will live to be over a hundred. So we've got a long time for the robots to take over. <laughs> I do feel like the industry to me, that's like the safest in the short term is cosmetology. <laughs> I really do. Like, I really think like they're the safest. Like over the next, like I mean, maybe one day robots are cutting hair, but like I feel like they're the safest for like the next twenty years. I, I'm totally on board and completely agree with you. I've never thought I think about you're it. both forgetting about the flow bee. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't take an entirely talented person to. Uh, no, just kidding. That that like vacuum yeah. cleaner that also cuts your yeah. hair thing. I hadn't thought about that in an, yeah. an age. Wow, yeah. So the cosmetology. If you're looking for a side hustle, perhaps that's that the place great. to start. It's like, it's yeah, cash business. Yeah, uh, you can you're work right. when you want. <laughs> I, no, no, but I think about like even like the TurboTax stuff, right? Which is like Sarah, you described like TurboTax for uh, for attorneys. Yeah. Um, for legal work, they still have like the C- the CPA that's on call that you can ask the questions to, you know, and like yeah. even like the most, you know, cutting edge software for something that has been fixed for a long time. I mean, you know, still requires that human element at some point. I mean, maybe it's, I mean, it's certainly like a small percentage versus um, if everything was, you know, all those forms were being filled out by hand, but at some point there's a, there's that point where people want the human connection or wants just the comfort of knowing that they've, they've been heard and they've done things the right way. Yeah. That's, um, definitely what people seem to be looking for with their lawyers is, is a handholding and advice giving type of thing. So. Well, I think it depends on like what level of service you need. Like, for example, like I, all of my like retirement stuff, like other than my like, day job like retirement plan is with Wealthfront. So like I totally manage all that myself, really low fees, but I'm comfortable enough to do that. But like it's someone that doesn't is willing to pay for the privilege of like someone kind of handholding them through that. And like, I I think it just depends on, I think it's just going to depend on the person. And I think what it is, I think like in the future, and I think this is like highly relevant to freelancers is like good example is like accountants. I am willing to pay way more for an accountant today than I was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was using TurboTax. 
So like, I think your best accountants are the ones that are going to thrive. It's like the very average ones that are going to struggle. Just as like post the, the housing bust, like 10 years ago, your fly-by-night home builders were out of business. But the ones who were great started to thrive. Right. Yeah, Warren Buffett has a quote, uh, when the tide goes out, you know who's swimming naked, you know? And it's, <laughs> you know, uh, we think about that with Rachel being a realtor because, you know, a, a hot yeah. housing market, all of a sudden everybody and their brother literally is a realtor. And then, you know, it dries up, you have a, a season of decline, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the number of realtors is cut to a third or something, you know, just dramatic uh, exodus takes place and uh, just kind of kind of bar the game of whether, you know, you are that professional or that amateur, you know. Well, cool. Well, um, Bradley, if people want to find you online, learn more about you and, and read your writing, where's a good place to do that? Um, I have a blog that I have not written at in a long time. It's called ChambersDaily.com, so I should probably change the name of that. <laughs> Chambers occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah Chambers like once a year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I will put a link to my author page on 9to5Mac as well. And so if you want to follow along, I write a Saturday column that's more geared towards like K-12 topics. And then Sunday is like just a more, I have a Sunday kind of opinion column that's like just random things. Like my article today was uh, about Spotify and how it's like average revenue per user has been like falling dramatically year over year. And I actually think like they're kind of screwed long-term business-wise. Uh, but I know nobody else will agree with that with me. But uh, I write things like that where like I may just have some more general analysis. Uh, but I do think Spotify is screwed long-term though. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things I really appreciate you about you, Bradley, is um, you've got good, uh, well-informed, strong opinions. Uh, sometimes they change, and and I'll uh, fight you about mashed potatoes, but uh, but uh, it makes for a good a good Twitter follow, if nothing else. I have strong opinions that are loosely held. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's well said. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us and providing kind of a voice to folks that are are doing the side hustle um, that, uh, that Sarah and I can't speak to. And um, yeah, uh, appreciate that. Um, uh, Sarah, where can people find the show notes Bradley mentioned for this episode? On the internet at unfederated.studio. Um, cool. Well, uh, good talking to you both. And uh, Sarah, we'll talk next week. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.